welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. To ring in the new year, we have a guest that has become a bit of a holiday tradition as he returns home to see his family, and that's our favorite expat, co-driver Alex Curiani. As many of you know, Alex competes alongside Sean Johnston on the European stages of the European Rally Championship and the World Rally Championship. In this show, we talk about getting to grips with the more powerful Rally 2 machinery, work they're doing with the FIA to help find new talent, and the exciting 2021 campaign they have on tap. So grab a tasty beverage, enjoy another round from the virtual rally pub we call the rally cast i'm your host mike shaw and happy new year to all our listeners this past year saw many challenges both personally and professionally for myself and many of you out there and yet it's this fantastic community and what do we call it the rally family as we often used to calling it that has helped me mentally cope uh, you've all been so supportive of me, this podcast, just the sport in general, and uh, really, I love you all for it. it. It's been so good to have that kind of support out there, whether it's your goofy comments, a suggestion on who to try to get on the show next, or even just saying hi. Uh, we re- appreciate all of you. I'm actually recording this bit on the morning of January 1st, 2021, and boy, it seemed like forever for that to get here. But finally, it's here. Obviously, we have a ways to go, but I'm an optimist, and uh, I can see that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel and already feel its warmth. We'll be back with Alex Kiriani right after this break. Go. Five right short over crest into second small crest 40, full F plus nips. Hi, this is Alex and Riano Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training. Are you new to rally, or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. Our classes are team training, driver pace note training, or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. Before I bring on Alex, I had a short conversation with Scott Alderson of Scott Alderson Art that I wanted to put in here. Scott's the one who's created those fantastic rally coloring books and has his third edition set for print but he could use a little bit of help. Here's Scott. Scott, uh, good to have you on the show. Something new for 2021? Uh, yeah, actually, we've for 2021, we've uh, made a way that people can, can support us without necessarily having to pay for an advertising spot. And uh, so we've got a $50 option this year where you will be listed on the book uh, with other people who have done this as a supporter of the book. And so teams can do it, small businesses can do it, just an individual can do it. Uh, with that, we're going to send them uh, five signed copies of the coloring book for them, signed by me, so it's not that big a deal, but signed anyway. Uh, and that's just a way that people could get in at a little different level, because I got a lot of people that really like to support it, but uh, don't necessarily have a company that wants to spend a lot of money on an advertising space, and I get that, so I kind of gave that option. That is awesome. So the goal is still that these are going to be coloring books that, uh, you know, you go to an event, you're in the service park, and they'll just be freely available. Hopefully we can make that happen. And it all has to do with making sure we can afford to make that happen. What The, the most important thing and number one on the list is the volunteers. We like to get a coloring book in every swag bag for every rally volunteer at a national. I think there's nine of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we might miss Snowdrift just because you know it's cool. Subaru does it, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, no, we might miss Snowdrift, but we might make it. Depends on when we get it printed in time. 
But uh, yeah, our goal is to make it so that we have everybody that's a volunteer gets one for free. I like to get somebody with a team out there that can, during Park for May, give them out for free also in just the manner that you were discussing. That's fantastic. Because I mean, I know I've really enjoyed these coloring books. They're I mean, the one that you had for 2020, you know, that was your first time, do, first year of doing these for us. And they're just fantastic. You know, they've got such good detail in them. Well, I mean, just enough detail, I guess you'd say, you know, you as the, the artist can, can fill in the blanks, you know, doing the coloring and whatnot. And uh, uh, I've seen some fantastic examples of what people have uh, turned these into. So um, all new for 2021, you've gotten some new designs. Yeah, yeah. In fact, this is actually the third year. Oh, that's right, it we, is, uh, isn't it? Gosh, yeah. time fly. You know, time has been like this weird warp thing with COVID, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. And that really has gotten in the way of things. Uh, no, the first year we did it, it was rather small, and I, I did the whole thing myself. And uh, the second year, I realized I needed to have some more money to do it correctly because it got such a national uh, interest. So yeah, for I guess last year was the first real strong year of going national with it, and this year will be the second year. But I call it the third annual coloring book because it just sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> but, Fair uh, enough, man. But you put a lot of work into these. It is. We uh, this year every year. I, I'm not a coloring book artist, and when you interviewed me before, we went through that. So every year, I, I I'm learning or I'm teaching myself more and more about doing coloring book art. Um, it's so every year it gets a little bit different and a little bit better. And, and yeah, they're really detailed because of the detail that goes into some of these graphic designs on some of these rally cars, but I hate not to try to, to capture all of that. So a lot of these are more adult like for coloring. I mean, a three-year-old's not going to stay in some of these lines. And then I try to get a couple in there that are a little more simple, but yeah, I try to get uh, all new cars. I try to get, uh, some of some people are repeats from the year before. You need to get in the McKenna's and you need to get, you know. But uh, I've tried to make it so, again, we don't have all Subarus. I've tried to make it again so that uh, we kind of make it fun and surprise people as we go by announcing it uh, as I get one done, who's in. Um, which that's been kind of fun. A lot of people are, oh, I want in, I want in. And they watch to see if they get in. So, yeah, it's it's been fun. So we... Uh, we're just trying to get another year out of it, and I want to—I'll keep this going until I can't draw coloring books anymore. Where do people find the list of uh, who's in if they if they want to see it ahead of time? Hmm. You can go to my Instagram account at Scott Alderson Art, no slashes or anything, just Scott Alderson Art, uh, and through there I have just re- I've just posted them as I get them done. So if you nice. go through, the, if you kind of scroll down through the posts, you'll see. You'll see uh, what we've done and what we've got so far. We have 12 pages, just like last year. Uh, I think I have three to go, so we're up through there. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. Go there and take a look. It's kind of fun to see who gets in, and and uh, and sometimes you scratch your head. How come that guy got in? Uh, who knows? Whatever tickles my fancy, I'll look and think, yeah, that needs to get in. <laughs> well, we've always got so many unique cars. I think that's one thing that, you know, folks internationally have uh, found that they really like about the American Championship is how, you know, we're still with that grassroots aspect. You know, people can build unique things and uh, mm-hmm. you make sure you capture some of those unique vehicles that are out there that uh, maybe you don't see everywhere else. So, that's, yeah, that's, pretty cool. that's actually a good part of it. I try to I try to do that. I, I I didn't get them in this year, but I'm telling you, I want to get that 
that Jacob Sturgeon's brat in there so badly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. It just a brat. You know, things like that. They're a little bit different. This year we have a truck. We have a truck, a rally truck in there this year. Um, actually, uh, your old co-host. Yeah, Ian Holmes' truck, the one that he's in with Scott Parrott. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be in this year. So we try to throw in a few different things here and there. So again, we, we, we need a little more support to make sure we can get uh, to the run on these done and uh, people can support it individually. And, and how do they reach out to, to get the support? So, to yeah, let me let me get it completely clear actually we've got uh we've got three weeks until we're gonna send it off to print so with three weeks to go uh we have a variety of ad spaces we do have the 50 dollars single single one that we talked about earlier we have a variety of ad spaces they're available from a hundred dollars to nine hundred dollars in that range so if you're interested go to info at scottaldersonart.com and uh, we can talk about what suit what size suits you and what price range suits you and then for those that don't want to do that we've got that individual that individual you can you can uh, email me at info at scottaldersonart.com and i'll send you instructions to my paypal account you can do it through paypal you can do it through check i don't care how you do it um, and then I'll get your address and I'll send you out five copies once we get them all printed. Uh, after they're printed and after everything's said and done, go to the national rallies and find we will find and I'll I'll get out there on my social media as far as who's going to have them at, at what rallies. Uh, and then also, if you don't get to rallies, all you have to do is send uh, again, send uh, in, uh, send your inquiries to info at scholarsandart.com. And uh, you can send us $3 for shipping and handling through PayPal, or you can just send it to my address at uh, Scott Alderson Art, P.O. Box 32466, Bellingham, Washington, 98228, and we will send you uh, a free copy. I, I just I do need the shipping and handling $3, but <laughs> the, the copy, they're out there for free. And they can be downloaded on our website uh until next year's comes out this year's will be available on the website as downloadable pages for free you won't have to pay the normal 99 cents mm -hmm. and then uh, once we do next year's those will cost you 99 cents but that year's will be free i want to make That's this awesome. free for everybody and, so, so uh, people can get the last ones so, so basically as you go into the new year the previous year ones are all downloadable for free per page and then the mm -hmm. new year you're doing 99 cents a page if you can download them no, you have oh, it sorry. opposite. Oh. No, the new year will be free. And, and the thing is, I'm not trying to make money off of each right. deal every each year. And and I want to emphasize that I don't make money off this at all, and I don't try to. I have a business that has to do with art and and design and rallying. This is just giving back. This didn't come into my head years ago as a money making thing. It came into my head and just. Man, it'd be cool if kids at rallies while they're bored waiting for the stage to start could draw, you know, yep. or do coloring to kill some time while they wait for them to come through spectator stage again. And I still want to keep that. I want to give back. I've been around rally a long time. It's given me a lot. So I'll do this till the day I die. I think it'll be great. Um, but it, it's it, it's free. So what I do is is during the, during the season – for, for the current book, those pages are free. Once I make the, the 2022 book and it comes out, the 2020 book goes to 99 cents per page, gotcha. but the current one is free. Does that make wow. sense? Yep. 
That does. A little bit opposite of what people would think. But yeah, exactly. When I say something's free, it's free. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this would be this would be great for folks to be able to uh, really just enjoy these cars in in a new way that we see out on the stages. And I would like to, if you would allow me. Last year, COVID came along, and I had a lot of sponsors for last year's book. And with the intent that these things were going out to all of these rallies, just like they are this year. And then COVID came along and rallies got canceled. Mm -hmm. So my advertisers gave to this book, books went out, no rally happened. Right. No spectators, Adam. I have, do I have an opportunity to list my sponsors from last year? Please do, because I think they're a huge support. They they deserve it. They They didn't get what they, you know what I'm saying? I agree. I want to thank Dirtfish. I want to thank the Olympus rally. I want to thank Thompson Racing Fabrication. I want to thank Scrub Blade. Scrub Blade wiper blades, they're outstanding. I want to thank McKenna Motorsport and uh, their Arrive to Drive packages. And then after, after, after being an advertiser last year, they went out and won the championship this year. And I exactly. am just... Pick God, I'm so pleased about that. I want to thank Melee Design Firm and Mitch. That guy, he's uh, he ain't going away. Mitch he, is here to stay. He's one of our supporters as well. He's a huge, yes. huge fan, and he's everything that's right with the sport for sure. He is, and he and he's uh, he's tenacious. He's tenacious. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Tour de Forest Rally, SubaruParts.com, Tacoma Subaru. Jankowski Motorsports, and Breedlove, Inc., which is uh, actually my web designer. Uh, I want to thank those guys uh, for for last year, and I'm sorry that this happened, but all of them have been contacted, and all of them are very understanding, and and, uh, some of them are returning this year, and and thank you. Thank you very much. And also, before I go, I want to mention who we have committed for this year and thank them. We have Melee Design Firm. We have Melee Media. We have Thompson Racing Fabrication out of Michigan. They're coming back this year. Uh, we have Olympus Rally again this year, and we have Primitive Primitive Racing. Um, that's what we have, and uh, we have three weeks to go. If you want to join this list, give me an email. We, can, we really need the help. Well, again, info at scottaldersonart.com and uh, can get a hold of you about those uh, different advertising spaces so we can make sure this stays free and get all those awesome volunteers, get it in their swag bags, and uh, we cross our fingers. We'll have spectators next year. Take care, Scott, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Scott Alderson. You can find more on his website, scottaldersonart.com, including downloading pages for the coloring book. And if you're interested in some of his T-shirt designs and other merch like that, check out his website, rallystyles.com as well. Okay, let's get back to our friend of the show, Alex Curiani. This world is weird right now, right? So, you know, but, uh, you know, my day job, it was pretty easy to transition to homework um, or work from yeah. home. Um, and I'm an IT guy as my day job. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge transition other than just getting everybody in my company ready for it and get them all on board right away. Um, yeah. It, it's funny, though, we're finally getting management has finally learned that we don't really need a physical office space or not a big yeah. one. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, This is something that probably we haven't needed for a little while, or at least the scale yeah. that we have, but you know, the older guys that are the CEOs and things like that, they just, that traditional, I walk into the office, there's all my employees thing. 
It's yeah. just ingrained into them, right? And we found that not only has working been from home been okay, it's been very productive, sometimes more so. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's all worked out all right. So, how about you, man? Yeah, good. I mean, obviously, like my normal day job with Ernst and Young has been fine since it's a bit of a recession-proof job in some ways because if any restructuring or changes come about, then they sort of need the auditing firm. So a bit less consulting work, a bit more auditing work. Unfortunately, since I had so much time not rallying up and haven't really gotten to take all the time off uh, just because actually been really busy with my audit clients. It's been a lot like, you know, we've been doing twice as much work for them um, just because there's so much uncertainty and you have to look at all the financials in a, a, a new way. So um, there's been quite a bit more work, but yeah, you know, it's been manageable and Obviously, still got a little bit of rallying in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, and I guess you know. Let, let's roll into it. I mean, first of all, you know, we got we got to always start with like a beverage roll call, right? And uh, oh yeah, you know, um, we were chatting back and forth before, and uh, yes, an old fashioned is what I went with, uh, um, kind of a, a cheater one. There's um, this mixed um, uh, whiskey that's a rock and rye, it's called, and it's already got like the bitters and all that stuff in there, and just add ooh. a little twist of orange peel, and there you go, you're all set. So yeah, 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 well, I mean, uh, I'm I'm drinking a, a shipyard. I'm basically uh, I went to grab a beer from the fridge from my sister's fridge, and the one I wanted, she uh, she was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, she's like trying to say that she was okay with me drinking it while also saying that she wanted to drink it. So I was like, "Okay, fine, I won't." <laughs> <laughs> and she's yeah. like, "This one, I don't even know if it's good anymore." And it's a controversial pumpkin beer. Oh, like they, don't sell, they don't sell that stuff in the UK, so uh, I might as well. I might as well indulge. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one, and it was eh, it was okay, but this one this one's not too not too pumpkiny. You, you gotta. But when I come home, I have to get have to get the pumpkin fix. They don't they don't have a, a you know a, a pumpkin spice craze in uh, in Europe when fall hits so uh, you know no, you, no pumpkin lattes and all that stuff frappuccino only, things only only Starbucks with the PSL that's that's it <laughs> as John and I did in our uh, our one our one video for rally GB last year <laughs> that's right yeah, I remember well. that <laughs> well let's talk some rallying um you know, cool. when we last talked last year, yeah, you were coming off of um, a pretty big high. You know, really good result yeah. out, of, uh, out of a really wet Wales Rally GB. Um, yeah, you had that fantastic result in Monte Carlo. You guys were then, you know, the plans for, okay, time to step up. You're moving out of the R2. You're getting into the R5, uh, going with the Citroen R5. And you got to do that one event in Hungary, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of... A lot of standing water and also stages that were, I mean, it's a tarmac rally with um, tar, only tarmac tires allowed, but there were some stages that were 30% gravel, something like that, or 30% mud. And then if you add all the mud that was dragged onto the road, you know, you have stages that maybe are more like 50%. Jeez. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, prolonged, narrow four sections in the mud on tarmac tires with a lot of power under the, uh, under the pedal. Well, I guess that's one of the challenges, you know, you're here, you're getting to, you know, used to a new platform and uh, you're in an event where you can't really utilize all of it. And so I'm sure it's hard, harder to adapt with that. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from that, you guys had the plan for this year, and I believe it was five events originally, right? 
I mean, like that. I'm not even sure what it was originally anymore. <laughs> right? Honest. Everything just kind of... I mean, the... <laughs> yeah, let me, let me try to see if I can... It was going to start in Portugal. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was going to start... Yeah, exactly. It was going to start with Portugal, and then we are actually... We were going to skip Sardinia. That was a, a rough event for us, you know, the previous year, and then also... Um, and also this year, it turned out. Um, and we were going to do... Uh, our, our sponsor actually runs um, this big... Uh, conference at the Zen Center that Sean used to live at <laughs> for, um, you know, his break between sports car racing and rallying. Um, and they do uh, a conference bringing in, it's, uh, well, it's neuroscience and Buddhism. So like, you know, kind of studying the the brain around mindfulness. So a lot of those studies actually are, our sponsor kind of funds some of that stuff, which is quite cool. So we're actually going to go to that conference because we're both interested in that sort of thing but also that was canceled and of course sardinia was back and then we're going to do finland um i'm trying to think what else what was the tarmac rally we had that we we're going to do i mean germany of course mm -hmm. um rally gb but yeah it seems all like uh, a really long time ago that all those events were on the calendar and we were thinking we we're going to do them <laughs> obviously everything locked down them trying to reschedule everything and whatnot, uh, then starting to fall off the calendar, trying to find spots to get back in. Yeah. Um, then everybody kind of went back to like the sim world for a while. <laughs> You've been doing that a while, haven't you? Yeah, I know. Like back back in the day, I used to be obviously big in the Richard Burns rallying, and then even before that, when I was a teenager or even younger, like Grand Prix Legends, the old Papyrus sim racing titles. Um, I think I was even I was even like teammates in the Richard Burns Valley Racing League with um, Brian Hyde Carter, who actually is the person that beat Sean to the GT Challenge <laughs> uh, awesome. um, championship back when he um, back when he was doing back when, you know, Sean made the jump from sim racing to uh, to, to the real thing. Um, but we, we enjoyed it quite a bit because especially um, I don't know if you, you you've seen some of the stuff from our videographer Des, who's done all the work, all the editing, most of the shooting for the Road to WRC series. Mm -hmm. um, he's Sean's friend through the GT Academy because he's in the GT Academy the year after Sean. So the three of us are playing against each other in dirt rally, and it gets uh, extraordinarily competitive because they are both extraordinarily good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, well you're you're not fun. slow yourself, man. I mean, you're definitely right up there with some of the top guys playing. But it's, it must be fun to, yeah. you know, you're racing against your driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. We did the, um, yeah, and we also did, what did we do? The, the virtual rally Portugal. Um, they ended up putting me in as like a, a last minute substitute because uh, this one MotoGP rider was supposed to do it. And then he found he was like very uncompetitive <laughs> so uh he dropped out and they asked if i could come in last minute so it was all right it was, i mean in the quarterfinals me and sean were i mean i raced against sean he beat me but we were the first and second fastest so at least that that like you know made it made it a good race <laughs> awesome uh yeah i mean the sim thing i i play around with it every now and then and uh, you probably see in the background i got my little play seat yeah. back there to you know yeah. hook up my wheel and whatnot but i when you only play it a couple of times a month, it's just everything's about seat time, right? Yeah, you know, know. It, it takes some time because I know last year you had the little open paddock championship, and I was like, oh, I, yeah, I didn't really know the stages, and I was like, just giving it a go, and I was like, oh man, some people are really beating me by a lot. I wasn't expecting that, but some some lockdown and nothing else to do helped that, and then 
I also like, you know, got like a gaming computer and some of the, some, some more of the equipment and was like, well, you know, tell decided... us about your setup, man. I mean, that, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. the th- thing now. Everybody wants to know about setups. Yeah. I mean, mine's not that cool. I mean, I, I've had like the Logitech wheel, which is like a bit entry level. Um, and when I, in lockdown at my old flat, I had it, it was just attached to the desk. <laughs> right. Um, but I did buy a, a good gaming computer and then the, uh, the webcam and stuff. And I was like, you know, I should, I should stream it and do some of these things because then it would justify it as a business expense and it's a tax deduction. <laughs> I love it. Huh. I wonder somebody, I wonder who I would know that knows how to do that stuff when it comes to finances. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, if I if I stream it and like, you know, I get some attention for, it, then it looks like, you know, a business kind of thing. And then, you know, actually, it has been because I, I can explain to you, I've been doing the digital motorsport part of the the Rally Star program uh, with the FIA, shooting all of um, that filming before I came down, and that that's been paid. So at least I can like relate some of the expenses to revenue and make it all legit. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling but... you Mr. Segway because you just <laughs> uh, totally went right into something I wanted to talk about while we were talking about the sim stuff is that Rally yeah. Star program because, you know, here in the States, um, you know, USAC is part of ACUS, which is, you know, part of the FIA. And, and so why don't you explain a little bit what the FIA Rally Star program is to try and get new young talent? Yeah, um, that's a pretty cool idea, I think. Yeah, the the basis of it is very similar to what the French Federation has been doing for years, and that's what's led to, um, you know, that's how Sebastian Loeb came up through the World Rally Championship. That's how Sebastian Ogier came through the World Rally Championship. And people that are still successful and well-known, maybe not as well-known, but still really talented, like Eric Camilli, um, now Adrian Formeau, where they had this, um, you know, mass detection events where you have a very low barrier to entry, but thousands of people entering and then you whittle it down to you know the the fastest the best person and then you give that person you know a fully funded season or two in in rallying and let them show what they can do the fi rally star program takes that concept and then builds on it and takes it globally so how it'll work is you'll have um you know each country's asn so in the u.s that's usac and acc us which Fortunately, is now aligned with the ARA because there used to be, um, you know, the ASN for the FIA and, you know, like Rally America. They were two separate things and it wasn't mm-hmm. quite aligned, but at least that's that's all good now and that helps. Um, but they can run um, detection events doing uh, with digital, well, calling it digital motorsport, but using WRC9, using, um, you know, this uh, DLC specifically for the Rally Star program. So specific stages with limited practice. And also like cheap slalom challenges and very low entry fees to get um, a finalist from well a, a set of fifteen finalists from each continent. Um, so you'll have you know a finalist or finalist from sub-Saharan Africa. You have finalists from North America. Um, so you should get a much bigger, more diverse uh, mix of people coming into rallying than the, uh, the you know the winner from each of the continents and also the the fastest female. They all get um, six rallies in 2022 uh, with a Rally 3 car. I don't know if you've seen the the new Ford Fiesta Rally 3, which is quite yeah. cool. It's like a four-wheel drive R2 car with a little bit more horsepower. Um, so they'll get you know six events in that, and then the top ones 
from that year, we'll, we'll get a you know, fully funded drive in the junior world rally championship. So, um, you know, you could have someone that's just a lot of talent from North America, from any corner of the world, um, end up, um, you know, in the junior world rally championship in, you know, the next two years, which is, which is really exciting. And it's using methods that are very inexpensive. So I mentioned using WRC nine and the DLC using doing slalom challenges in um, you know, whatever the cars are provided, like a small Ford Fiesta, for example. Um, and so then you can detect talent without having to have a big budget and you can actually support those drivers in a meaningful way into the, into the world ride championship. So really, I mean, not too different of how Sean got there, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's a shootout program, yeah. um, starting with using the digital tools that we now have to with sim, sim racing and just adding on to that, I guess, with, like you said, the slalom stuff, uh, or, you know, some other, uh, hands-on actual driving to go with it to kind of narrow that yeah. field. I think that's an incredible idea. And at least here stateside, you know, rallying is that, you know, fantastic sport that nobody ever hears about and with yeah. an opportunity like this maybe we could have some of that young talent uh make a go at it you know we've had uh was, yeah. have you seen andre uh Durazio here who's been this young kid that just freaking quick and oh, he's cool. just in a little r1 and just blazing fast and and, <laughs> and he's right up there um so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, someone like that, that is actually looking at rally as a thing to do instead of always going the circuit route. So, um, yeah. yeah, exciting. Uh, yeah. No, so so what's um, your involvement with this? So you're, you're playing a part? Yeah, so um, actually both myself and Sean have been a part of the, the program from, um, from the beginning. So um, Sean, obviously, it's, well, it's obvious for him because he's the one person in the World Ride Championship right now that came through sim racing. Um, John Armstrong has been involved as well in some ways since, um, of course, he has quite a big following with sim racing and he has a day job at Codemasters now doing some of the development for Dirt Rally. Um, and then they also, you know, wanted, you know, my with my background um, just in sim racing and being in the World Rally Championship and also the inclusive message that they want to show or get people that are from outside of Europe that are from different ethnic groups that are, you know, not just European males from rural areas to get them sort of interested and involved in, uh, in the program that, um, that's where they've had a bit of an interest in, in bringing me in as well. So, uh, so it's cool. And it's, you know, a program that I'm quite passionate about. And they know the struggle that I've had being from the U S trying to get involved in international rallying and how many hoops I've had to go through, through so many years. Um, so being able to show an example of someone that is there um, and showing a, a quicker, faster, more effective, efficient way that's being drawn out to get there, um, you know, sort of helps. I think it'd be exciting that, you know, if you get that, you know, somebody wins that ability to go out and do it, you know, gets a, a ride at JWRC like that. At least with the buzz surrounding the event, um, you know, it should at least give you an opportunity to, to show something to attract you know, sponsors and that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, you know, Sean, of course, he finished second in the GT Academy. Um, but because it was a big event and a big TV show and all those things, he was able to get the interest of the person that still sponsors him today. That's so, right, Driscoll's. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I still buy their berries, man. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> support those Throughout support rallies. Yeah, exactly. Barry's, Barry's still doing all right, so. <laughs> people still need berries. <laughs> <laughs> they might even be doing better with all the people being home bakers now, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> of all um, things. And, and they're showing up more and more in Europe, which is which is cool. So people actually, you know, it's not just an American brand anymore. They know what's on the cart. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant. actually I'm, I'm being cheesy and i'm actually wearing my uh scott alderson art uh shirt that's from you guys oh, monte carlo there oh cool so uh, awesome driscoll's on the hood all right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at that i think um yeah scott has sent me a few messages so uh uh we're supposed to you know we get getting a mug but i'm not not sure sure what happened to it so maybe i'll just need to now that's monty time of year again um start start pestering and have have that one little bit of memorabilia although they did give us a lot of hardware at the end of the round last <laughs> yeah, year yeah so they did i did not have anything to remember from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are trying to hold up both of those giant cups up that was great yeah 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 i mean still one of my, my favorite memories i was like stumbling with all these trophies walking walking down the road and uh charles leclerc was there with like the prince of monaco the the prize giving and so he walked and he, and he saw me and he just, you know, gave me a little, like a little, a little wink. <laughs> and I love a, it. A little wink and a point. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Very validated. <laughs> Obviously the, the, the rallying got back underway. The schedule got yeah. kind of rekindled and whatnot. Uh, the initial events you were going to go to kind of ended up not happening, but uh, yeah. what was the first one you guys got to go back to? Uh, not Sardinia. Latvia. Uh, Latvia, that's right. You guys got to do Latvia. Um, yeah, yeah, or Estonia. Yeah. Or no, that's right. No, you did. You're right. Latvia with the ERC. Yeah, with the ERC as like a test for Estonia. Um, because we knew all of a sudden it's like been out of the car for six months. We only really had one experience in the R5 car, and that was all on tarmac. So no gravel R5 experience. No. Sean had never driven a four-wheel drive car on gravel. <laughs> and, you know, Estonia is a new event, a very high-commitment event. So we needed to make sure we were ready for it. Um, so, uh, yeah, actually, that time period, I think I spent a, a, just a straight month away from home. Five weeks, more than a month, five weeks away from home. So we did. Wow. Uh, we went, we did, we flew to Latvia, but we did a test in Estonia. And then we did a for rally latvia and then we did the you know the eurosport for, for the erc events they always let you do a test on monday so then we did another test in latvia the monday before the rally then we did the rally as like a test and then we did a test in estonia again the monday before rally estonia and then we did rally estonia so at least by the time estonia came around we were comfortable in the car and uh at least mentally used to doing those kinds of speeds a, not just again, actually just doing those speeds for the first time, <laughs> um, which is uh, another world for sure. That's what I was going to say is I mean, what was it like uh, trying to, you know, adapt to that platform? Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys, you know, one thing about the R5 is it's actually rather easy to drive, but just so much yeah. easier than you're used to. So you can push the limits that much more and finding that new limit can be pretty difficult. And those are high speed events, both Latvia and Estonia, aren't they? They're like, they're probably yeah. closer to Finland than anything else, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, they're Finland and, uh, except actually a, 
a little bit faster. More roads that are on kind of more the kind of mainline open roads um, that you associate with Rally Finland. Rally Finland does have quite a bit of stuff that's narrow and soft and twisty in the forest. You just don't see quite as much of it on TV. Um, but yeah, similar to Finland, maybe not quite as many jumps, although Estonia builds a few which were quite punishing on the body. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, similar to Finland, very high speeds and especially at that level when it's smooth and high speeds like that, everyone is uh, driving every corner perfectly, you know, carrying their speed all the way out to the very edge of the road. So um, you can't leave anything in reserve or else you're going to be very far behind very, very quickly. So you went out there, got a chance to kind of test things out, and Estonia actually ended up being a pretty good result for you guys, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was a decent result. I mean, I think maybe last year it would have been uh, like a better result in WRC3, but there's just so much competition. I think there were... There were over 30 R5 cars, or sorry, Rally 2, um, now they're called cars, right. um, in that event. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a bit a bit of a challenge. And I think there were places, you know, when, in Latvia, we actually, our pace, especially the second day, ended up being really good. You know, Sean was quite happy with his driving. I think, you know, we had some top five stage times in, in Latvia, and that was, you know, against Mads Osberg. Craig Breen, Alexi, yeah. Oliver Solberg, and so then we're fifth on the stage. <laughs> so right behind you know those four, which is really really good. So we we're feeling really positive, especially about you know Sean being able to make such a big step so quickly. And then Estonia, there's just some places where you know we're fast sometimes, and then other times, yeah, the car didn't come back with any dents, but there were a few sections where we, we just didn't note some jumps quite right or the line quite right, or we just didn't commit to a certain detail in the note. And we ended up just top of fifth gear, just flying in the air and watching the road go a different way underneath us, which is not fun. And uh, fortunately, no, no plane crashes as far as accidents, but uh, we had a lot of close calls. So, so um, even though the result was all right, um, you know, I think we're eight, actually, you know, by the end of it, out of the 20, I think there's 24, 25 um, WRC three cars. Um, still, we're hoping for, uh, you know, we, we're a little bit concerned about, you know, some aspects of our performance there. Well, I mean, th that's the norm now is that you've got 30, uh, rally two cars now on, on yeah. every event it seems yeah. just that platform seems to have exploded uh, more i think than people thought that it would um yeah i mean because they're still not cheap to run by any means but no. you know there's uh you know ones that are used out there that people are doing things like that and they're just wow I, it, it's impressive just how many we're seeing out there heck i mean stateside yeah. there's five or six i had it we saw at one event yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was quite impressed with yeah what I was seeing at um, you know at Olympus at the end of the year and Show Me Rally and uh, and Southern Ohio Forest Rally. There's quite a bit of yeah proper cars being brought over some way, <laughs> somehow finding a way to get over and register. <laughs> well, kind of like how you figure out ways to um, write off things as a business expense. I'm sure there's <laughs> ways to <laughs> bring a car over for. Uh for competition purposes, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. some creative accounting processes, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, so, so, okay, Estonia, then you head out, head out to what is the toughest event since when Cyprus was on the calendar in the WRC, yeah. 
and that's Turkey. That yeah. I remember, you know, following Dirtfish and their coverage of that event and some of those stages just the, the rocks are just huge, they're sharp, they're everywhere. Yeah. It's a rally of survival. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh it's tough. Yeah. It's just it's rough and you don't really know it's hard to know how much you can really push the car over that kind of surface and in those types of conditions and uh, what you can get away with. Fortunately, I think actually it was, it was quite nice. We finally got, um, I mean, we really needed a proper recce car for, for Turkey. And uh, we got with Sebastian Ogier's old recce car from Citroen last year. Since uh, our team, yeah, which is really cool. Still has Ogier on the, on the key, which is a uh, cool, <laughs> nice little touch. Um, and that's because our team, Santalak, bought a lot of the outgoing Citroen World Rally Team stuff um, and people <laughs> when they exited the WRC last year. So, you know, our engineer is uh, Ogier's engineer, um, and then we used Ogier's old recce car. Um, the team was running uh, Petter Solberg and Andreas Mikkelsen in the uh, DS3 World Rally car in Sardinia from the power stage and doing all the Pirelli tire testing. Yeah, they had that contract for the year. So it was nice to have, you know, all those sort of uh, extra inventory to tap into, especially for an event like Turkey. And and actually just having a proper recce car did, I think, help Sean quite a bit with his note making and a little bit with COVID, at least because you can't do the additional spectator public facing events. It did give us a bit more time to focus on our notes a bit more. I mean, I think in Estonia we did... We, we did more than our normal amount of note checking, which is like, you know, you do, you watch onboards before the event and all the, you know, organizer recce videos before the event. So you're familiar, you know, you do your two passes of recce, you watch the recce video after the recce, you find any onboards. We, we had actually Craig Breen send us some onboards, which is really nice um, and check awesome. the notes on that. And then, you know, we probably even did a few passes of some other stages and we still had issues. <laughs> so, um, you know, Turkey, we had some extra time and we were able to kind of get, you know, between, you know, probably like three to four passes on the video rather than, you know, the two that we did kind of in the R2 car. Um, and we're really happy with the notes. Everything was good. The first stage, we just took a, say a, a steady pace, nothing, nothing mind blowing. Um, but we were third quickest. I think we we're quicker than Pontus Tiedemann even, um, wow. and, and, uh, we're really happy with that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't last so long. <laughs> You're not the only one to have issues, you know, like that out there. I mean, it, it really was luck of the draw, whether it was, you know, like you guys yeah. have, have an engine fire. It was no fault of your guys' zone. It was just mechanical stuff and it's just hard on the cars. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed yeah. like at some point, you know, we collected a stone somewhere and it knocked off an oil line in like blue, oil all over the turbo which created the um you know the massive fireball that you saw <laughs> so um yeah it's it's nothing that we like particularly hit or anything that we could even know was an issue it was just it's just how it was and then also you know when the fire happened suddenly you realized oh, oh shit we haven't been training in covid for these things like you know we would in a normal season you know in the Peugeot r2 car like yeah, at least we, we at least at some point last year spent a day or two just wrenching on the car with the tools that are provided for us in the car. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know where everything is, but because of COVID, we actually never got to do that in the R5 car. So all of a sudden, the car's in flames, and we're like, 
wait, where is this extinguisher exactly? And like, how is the system armed and everything like that? Like you just didn't know like right away. It was, and, yeah, well, um, yeah. It took a second to figure it out instead of it just being secondhand. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which isn't good when you have a car that, I mean, when I saw the fire flames, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this thing's going to burn to the ground. Like it will be lucky if it doesn't. Um, but we're able to, you know, we, we stopped the car like within seconds and we're able to get the internal extinguisher going to start to suppress the flames on the, you know, under, under the hood and they'd never quite caught into the compartment and use the extinguisher. And then we were able to get an extinguisher from the next car that came and Excellent. there were some marshals up the roads so were able to grab some water and eventually able to put it out and like save the chassis and all the things. But, uh, um, of course, we melted a few too many wires for uh, us to reasonably be able to restart. Ah, bummer. But, <laughs> you know, like, fires have been a thing. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if you heard, saw all the controversies been going on here in the States where, uh, yeah. They're had, uh, several... some suppression, fire suppression systems. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, me going to events, I've seen many now in the last few years. And I get it. Um, now, the, the idea of those suppression systems is for you to get out of the car safely. They're not necessarily going to save the chassis, um, yeah. but that's when you have to take action, like you said, with the bottles and, and get under the hood, and hopefully you can get there in time and, and whatnot. But uh, but you're able to get out safely, which is good, and that's the most important yeah. thing. But yeah. you definitely need to practice those things, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Know that for next yeah. time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's just, uh, fortunately for us, you know, we got away with it. But um, it was circumstances that we weren't more prepared, um, because normally we would be. But yeah. uh, it does show, you know, whenever you don't take the time to do those types of preparations, you can end up in a, in a very vulnerable position. So um, at least we learned our lesson in that regard. Um, and uh, we'll hopefully, uh, well, we'll definitely, maybe not before Monte Carlo, but, you know, in between Monte Carlo and the rest of the events, get a, get a chance to like really go, go over everything <laughs> since uh, last year, just after COVID thrown into the deep end pretty much. Right. <laughs> Well, and everything was just so compressed. You just, you yeah. know, you, nothing, 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 then all the events inside of a, yeah. a couple of months and just really difficult, obviously, for, for everybody. But uh, yeah. you did have one more. You went up to Sardinia, which is yeah. um, one, like you said, wasn't normally going to be on your schedule of events to do. So yeah. that means, you know, again, preparing for that one after what all you've been through already in that season. Yeah. And uh, that one's known to be pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, we had... A brutal rally there in 2019 um you know we had uh actually where um katsuto went off this year um is where we went off last year he did the same thing as us except we uh tumbled down the hillside quite a bit further <laughs> um somehow is is all a bunch of soft bushes so we didn't do that much damage to the car we were able to get the car extracted you know got the car back to service around midnight the m sport guys in the jwrc last year in 2019 they stayed up all night, were able to fix the car, and then we went out at 6 in the morning the following morning um, after, you know, tumbling three times down the hillside and being a bit sore and stiff, stiff and sore, um, going straight back out and, like, sending it over Mickey's jump and all those types of things. And then the last day, sumped it on a, on a, on a big rock on the power stage and uh, didn't finish the rally. <laughs> so that was, that was our experience last year and so uh we we knew it was going to be 
But I mean, it's hard when you're farther back. Though. Those things are pulled out right in the line for you guys, and your line's yeah. not the same line as what the four-wheel especially drive cars the, would use. And in the, yeah, and especially in the R2 cars, you just don't quite have the same level of clearance, and so um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just tough. Um, so yeah, that was Sardinia in 2019, and then 2020, hoping for a bit of a smoother rally. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't reuse the notes that we had from last year because right the rally after sardinia is when we switch from a one to six pace note system to a one to ten so it didn't make sense to try to like convert things or anything like that um so we weren't quite able to use our knowledge as much as we had you know would have liked and yeah we uh went on, went went there and as you know we had a fairly similarly eventful adventure uh in sardinia again <laughs> well to be fair didn't OGA in that same area uh, the, the year before with the, with his Citroen, the top WC car, have a, a problem where he had a rock in, in that kind of same kind of section? Um, it was a section like that, but it was a, a different stage. It was oh, okay. um, actually where we uh, have the shakedown. Um, and we actually didn't run that stage where OGA kind of silly clipped the oh, rock. Okay. Because um, they have some of those this, similar things where they mix in these, like, you know, what are like almost like a, a little super special kind of mixed in with the longer stage. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, interesting yeah, how they yeah. do that there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where we went we went off, I know people have have rolled there before. Actually, Jan Solens, who won the junior WRC last year, he actually ended up rolling there on the second pass of the stage in the basically the same spot as us. So it happens, and even... Gus Greensmith, the Ford driver, he said when he saw so by that he had a he had a bet with his coach that someone was going to roll there just because of the rut, and his coach said no, it's not going to happen. And Gus is like, yes, yes, yes. So we won him whatever a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was uh... it was quite frustrating since um you know we didn't hit anything, we didn't clip the inside, we just turned in and it was rutted and it just caught the rut. And as soon as it caught the rut, he did turn the wheel down, like turned it to the right to try to force the car back down as soon yeah. as it happened and and you know you can see when the car starts going over that the wheels are you know it's a left hand corner the wheels are pointing fully to the right but we just couldn't catch it yeah quick pop the car and on the wheels and as it was going over obviously i was thinking how do we lose the least amount of time with this I just felt it was a bunch of bullshit that we were rolling. That's <laughs> <laughs> a slow corner, you know, like... Well, it's a slow thing. roll, too, right? You have time to think about it. It's like, yeah. oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's painful. That's just yeah. painful. Yeah, unfortunately, we did we, we did kind of come down a bit hard on um, the, the side, one of the... Um, kind of the wheels on the side and and uh did some damage to like the upright and and some mm-hmm. other things so the car was like really really um unstable afterwards mm-hmm. um and we had a little scare just on the you know the road section yeah we we did one of those like you know we checked into time control with three seconds to spare basically because um you know we went to we, we looked at the damage everything seemed okay and then in the wrc you know, you, you swap tires front to back like every stage and yeah. that sort of stuff. We went to do that just kind of routine, although we didn't have as much time because after the stage because we, you know, were checking the damage and the rear wheel wouldn't go on. And uh, uh, we thought we had a problem with the hub and we we're like, you know, dicking around with that for a bit. And then, you know, we left it on. It was wobbling and 
and we were like, okay, we'll still make it to the time control in time, but then we had a random FIA like weigh in. Um, oh gosh, they'll, they'll do that um, before you know going out to stages where they'll sure. well in between controls where they'll they'll make sure that you know the car's not underweight. Yeah, weigh ins in the middle of a of a section of stages. But anyway, that cost us a few minutes, and then um, we're hustling to get in. We realized we just. Is just the wheel was bent too much. So then after the stage, we only had like a 2K road section to the to the stage. So, you know, in all that, we had to change that wheel. And, you know, at least we can do that in a minute and a half <laughs> and then get ready and do the other stages and get through. And But fortunately, obviously, we were able to make it back to service. And then um, the crew just had to work like mad to uh, get us a – pretty much a new car <laughs> um you know 40 minutes later which is pretty amazing that is a stellar crew that you guys have saint Lock, they've yeah. they're they're huge i mean they, they've done yeah. so much um you know i've been following them the last few years and they're they've become i don't know if you're calling them a, a top level privateer group I, you know i mean because yeah. it really it's like You've got the manufacturer, and if there is, like, a half step down, that would be Santa Log, right? I mean, Yeah, yeah exactly. And there's some elements of, of factory support. You know, as I mentioned, they sort of own a lot of the old Citroen World Rally team. Um, and they get a bit of help with Citroen, you know, to, like, help develop the, the Rally 2 cars further. So it's, it's good, and it's a good place to be because it is a private team but at the same time you get the experience of uh, kind of being in a in a factory type of team and you have um you know the connection to the you know professional factory teams as well you know still some pluses like you said you, you know being uh fifth behind the top guys uh you know on on uh on, on one of the stage times there, getting used to the new yeah. platform and we were, and but... we were fifth and we we're actually fifth in wrc3 um uh, even after oh, the geez. roll, even better, um, right? So we were we were on co- course to finish fifth, but then uh, we had a bad Sunday again. We had a radiator leak, and then we we're trying to fix the radiator leak. And we had a moment on the the first stage um, of the loop on Sunday, and you know it was something that Sean wasn't sure exactly what it was. It, it was a bump, but he said it was like a don't, and it was like when I was flipping the page. So I, I you know I circled it, but I didn't really know what it was. And usually we talk about it and watch the, you know, the onboard, you know, on the regroup um, mm-hmm. before the stage. But because we're trying to fix the problem with the uh, with the radiator leak, we never quite got to it. So we're rolling around the dirt trying to fix the car, trying to um, get, you know, keep the engine running, find water, <laughs> all, all those types of things. Um, and we got to the stage and then we actually ended up being quite relieved that everything was working okay and pushing quite hard. And we were just going a bit faster there and, Right when I told him, like, oh, watch this next corner, it was he was on top of the the dip that caused the moment before, and oh, uh, no. we uh, um, just got a bit too far inside at top of third gear and clipped the wall on the inside, and it sent the car rolling into the wall on the outside, and we just did a rolling ping pong between the uh, uh, all the way down the hill down the road and blocked the stage. <laughs> So uh, that was the end of our our rally. So we were we were nearly back to fifth and uh, would have had a very good top five result, but uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't quite to be. It, it was supposed to be a learning season to begin with. Um, obviously, you don't want to break stuff in the process as much as you can. Yeah. You know, seat time is everything. You don't want to have to go home early, but um, yeah. finding that new limit is is so hard. 
what's your opinion on that step up from the actually let me backtrack a little bit i'm going to explain it use this as a as a point to explain the uh new definitions of yeah, yeah. the darn classes when it comes to uh wrc right so yeah you, you have the wrc entry or, or, or levels that you compete in and then you have mm -hmm. the cars right so the cars yeah. themselves you have wrc1 that's the top wrc cars okay wr or then you have sorry rally one see i've already messed it up yeah you have well, rally the, one the numbers aligned to the cars now right exactly so number <laughs> well it, and what's funny is that then you got rally two cars which are yep. what was formerly r5 and some i think some minor changes there but mostly just a rehomologation of them but so you got rally yep. two Yep. And Rally 2 competes in both WRC 2 and WRC 3. WRC 2 is yep. supposed to be more manufacturer, but there's some privateers, depending on their level or whatever, that can yep. be considered WRC 3 or WRC 2. Then there's a kind of everybody else in the Rally 2 cars in WRC 3. Yep. And then you have Rally 3 cars, which is that brand new one you were talking about, which is a brand new yep. development. Only Ford's created one so far. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm hoping there's interest for other manufacturers, um, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's an R2 Peugeot that's four wheel drive. Okay. Sorry, yeah. what's that? Like Peugeot has like the new 208 um, Rally Four car. It's, it's turbocharged, like the um, like the Fiesta, like the new Fiesta R2 uh, Rally Four car. So um, that's probably I think they're developing the Rally Three car as well. It should be an easy platform shift. So you're you're again the the Rally Three car yeah. um which would compete compete in wrc4 um <laughs> is a four-wheel drive but narrow track uh, basically an r2 that's got four-wheel drive a little more power i guess as well right still sequential gearbox yeah. and that kind of thing yeah 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 it's, it's it's only like it's negligibly more power than the like the r2 the rally four car sorry <laughs> right see <laughs> yeah. and then that's that's the next step right we've got rally yeah. Four cars, which were the former R2 cars, and that's going to be your junior WRC and now competing under WRC 5. Um, mm -hmm. to, to, so now we have all these numbers that kind of try and correspond as best they can, but uh, unfortunately you have the WRC 2, WRC 3 that use the same car, so everything's kind of off a notch after that. Um, yeah. And then I guess it would be Rally 5 is R1s, the old R1 cars. Yeah. I mean, so. there's, um, I mean, I think in, in the WRC, you know, there's no championship right now for the kind of like the Rally 3 cars or just the Rally 4 cars without the junior WRC. So it is, they've kept it quite simple this year. Not simple, of course, but <laughs> it's a little bit more straightforward because it's just, you know, like WRC, WRC 2, WRC 3, and JWRC. So those right. are like the, the championships that are there. Um, but of course, uh, you know, and I think, what will end up happening is that the, the junior WRC is likely to go to the, the rally three cars. So hopefully it won't be too confusing of a, of a shift. So, um, so Mike, yeah. the reason why I wanted to bring this up is the jump going from a, um, an R2 car, um, yeah. rally four, uh, to the R5 rally two car. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty big. Yeah. Do you think there would have been a benefit of a season in a one of these new rally three cars in between to prepare you for the r5 slash rally two or is mm -hmm. it better to you know now you've gotten at least experience on some of these stages granted you guys change your note system and maybe it doesn't matter but 
you have you have you know already been through the championship to at least know the, what the road characteristics are like just get into that higher level car now and start getting seat time there instead of this jump in between what's your thoughts on that yeah i mean i do like the rally three platform quite a bit because it is it is a bit of a jump and we we were trying you know we're going back and forth you know end of last year as to what we would do this year um i think maybe halfway through last year you know when sean wasn't having all the you know the results in the rally four car that he really wanted to have he was thinking oh maybe i need to spend you know another year in two-wheel drive but you know the people i worked with at 321 perform they're like well actually if you spend too long in the two-wheel drive cars you know in the the rally four cars you'll start to develop certain techniques and learn specific things that are only going to make you fast in those cars and then you're going to have to unlearn them for the rally two cars so before you find all the little nuances that are going to make you really fast in rally four maybe just make the jump to the four-wheel drive rally two car um so we we did sort of like the test in hungary saw we actually had maybe even better pace in the rally two car compared to rally four um and decided okay we'll we'll make the jump but it was a big jump. I think if the Rally 3 category was a viable category then, we probably would have just said, let's just go straight to Rally 3 and try to be you know, at the top of that class and then go into the Rally 2. Because you know, there's a different driving technique with, of course, all-wheel drive, particularly, particularly on loose surfaces. Um, but the, you know, the speed difference in the, the um, Rally 2 cars is just, it's really, really, really quick. And I mean, the the cars now, the Rally 2 cars are quite a bit faster than the, you know, the World Rally cars from, they're faster than the World Rally cars from 2016. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even in Sardinia, you know, the first day in Sardinia, we didn't have a great day. You know, Sean wasn't so happy with his driving except for maybe two stages. And I mean, of course, Sean having a kind of off day is still really, really fast. <laughs> And, um, you know, we went into the next day and we were um, one one car ahead of Martin Prockup in the old Ford Fiesta World Rally car. And, okay, Martin Prockup isn't the fastest driver ever in the World Rally Championship. But... He was the fastest privateer out there, though. As privateers, right. he was he's, quick. Exactly. He was, he was no slouch. You know, he's no slouch in a car that's no slouch either. And uh, we were faster than him. Yeah, obviously, we slipped behind a little bit with the roll, but... But really on pace, um, yeah, it's those are the Rally 2 cars, you know, the old R5 cars. They're, they're as fast as the previous generation of, of World Rally cars. It's I not think people forget that. Already. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, it's an easy thing I think for people to forget is that development has been ongoing and those cars just keep getting faster and faster and faster. And the fact that they are as, quote unquote, affordable as they are um, is pretty, pretty fascinating, considering how expensive the top level diversity cars were at the time. But um, they're still not cheap to run. And I guess that would be the other thing that would be an advantage of this uh, Rally 3 category, right, is that you would be able to do more events because of the cost difference. So, yeah, you're you're not at the same power. You don't have the same uh, track on the car, right? They're not the wide body, but you'd get some level some of that step level experience you know in between of how to deal with four-wheel drive and yet be able to do more events and seat time is everything the more events you can do the better right so that's yeah. probably where that advantage really comes in yeah yeah for, for sure um it does and it does it's a good a really good platform for bridging that gap from 
um, rally for to, to rally to, because you can at least do one thing at a time. Like you, you don't do all four wheels driving and come more horsepower all at once. You do all four wheels driving, then a lot more horsepower. So yeah. it's a little, it's a little bit easier to, to transition, I think. But you know, obviously saying that, I think I've been really impressed with Sean's transition into the rally two car um, and his, his pace and his driving in it, even from, you know, the first day of us testing in Estonia before Rally Paya, you know, in early August, he was already going quickly and on a pace where, you know, he'd be internationally competitive, you know, it, you know, fighting for the front in any national championship. And of course, you know, as you see, like in, in the top 10 and, you know, sometimes getting some top five times at the, with the, um, top guys in the in the world which is really nice so and plus you guys changed the newer note system and i mean yeah. how's that been for you because now you're having to change the cadence right the speed at which you're having to read those notes out to him in a platform yeah. that's so much <clears throat> faster i mean recce isn't any quicker <laughs> right yeah. but once you're yeah, in the yeah. car you're like oh shit yeah, <laughs> i gotta yeah, talk yeah. fast next yeah. thing you know you're like the micro machines guy right <laughs> Yeah, I definitely feel like that a bit. Um, you know, he's added a few more things to his notes to to be more precise. But, you know, in Estonia, I think Sean was struggling with maybe a bit too much information at his, in his notes at time. Um, or maybe it's like, you know, when, when everything's working well, he can use all the information in his notes. But if he if something, you know, is bothering him or something's not quite right, then he's missing little details and, you know, those those little details myth ends up having a big impact on how he approaches the corner and uh yeah as you said in estonia end up uh flying off the road in fifth gear which is never uh, a good feeling to have um but yeah it's it's tough I'd, I'd say estonia was definitely the the most difficult because okay you don't have all the wrc plus videos to to watch to really really practice a lot on and you know you need to be thinking about the slow corner that you need to break for and when you're going to be flying through the air and some, if you're going to be flying through the air sometime when you would want to be on the brakes. So you really need to, and obviously everything's going really, really fast. So you really need to be quite a bit far ahead in your brain, but you need to pace the notes where you're still not too far ahead because you're, you know, you have all these blind crests and if you, make it if you get a bit further ahead then he's not going to know which way to throw the car over each of the crests and it's uh you can end up having an accident that way too so um it's definitely definitely a challenge in that car compared to the rally four car it felt like um you just didn't need to be thinking quite as far ahead and the distance the difference between when you need to call things early and when you could leave a call bit later just wasn't wasn't so significant so let's talk 2021 uh you kind of hinted at it um planning yeah. for monte carlo to start is that right yeah 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 planning for monte carlo to start um fortunately we, we were able to get um crazy leo and gilby back as our gravel crew so we've been working on that <laughs> good old <laughs> and, crazy leo uh, yeah good old crazy leo the, the the dream team i mean really with monte carlo you're uh you're a team of four rather than a team of two i mean obviously you always have the mechanics and everything like that but as far as getting through the stages <laughs> there's there's four of you that get you through each stage not uh not the two people on the just the two people in the car um so that's quite important but yeah they're back and we decided um you know we we skipped the the monza rally 
at the end of last year. So um, we decided to take some of those savings and um, put them into, you know, doing WRC2 versus WRC3, which of course confuses everyone. I think the biggest thing to take away from it is in WRC2, you pay a bit of extra money and you get the media coverage to be on all live and you get gravel crew for all the tarmac rounds, not just Monte Carlo. So that's, that's the two biggest things. So that's huge. um, Yeah. Media and promotion standpoint, it's, so much better than um you know being in in wrc3 you do have to pay a bit extra for it but um you know we sort of weighed it up and we thought yeah actually it's you know it's it's worth it well i mean even a name like oliver solberg struggled to get you know recognition in his wrc3 exploits this last season right i mean it's a freaking solberg and we know how quick he is he came here to the states and, and did amazing and we knew how quick he was and yet yeah the you know sometimes the you know the stage end reporters would mention him or something like that but uh, or yeah. Julian Julian Porter would or something like that but yeah he didn't get much airtime at all unless it was just a fluke and yeah. and that was it it that makes a huge difference we we see yeah. the WRC two highlights never anything from WRC three which is a little frustrating because uh, over the last couple of seasons actually I think there's been several times we've seen where the WRC three driver has been faster. And the yeah. WRC two drivers overall. Granted, if you're going for a championship, as with any championship, you've got enough to lead. The other people in your, you know, championship have, have fallen away. You can back off, and so I'm sure that was always part of it too. But right. still, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, ah, uh, you know, I kind of yeah. miss it being all just one group because yeah. it, it it showed everybody that was quick kind of all together. But I kind of yeah. get it, but. Um, congratulations, though. Getting into WRC2, that's huge. That, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll see a lot more of you guys. Exactly. So that's the that's the big celebration is that um, you'll be able to follow us on the all-live coverage from home. So they'll have, you know, the, the official WRC onboard cameras, um, you know, linked up to, uh, you know, our, our dash and our intercom systems. And, you know, we'll you have the helicopter chasing. So, you know, when you tune into WRC, then you can – watch, listen, and hear me and Sean on, you know, pretty much every stage, which would be, um, I think, a really cool thing to be able to bring to the American audience. So um, in that regard, it seemed, it seemed worth it. Um, and we're trying to see if, you know, Dirtfish, since they're interested in, they're more or less a, a media company now when it comes to the World Rally Championship, if, um, you know, they'd be willing to support us a bit in, um, in you know, just the, the bit of extra cost to to do uh wrc2 versus wrc3 well i hope they step up and, and help you guys because uh yeah. you know you guys are uh, not not only their market you know here in the states you know um but but obviously they've got a global market there but uh, you guys are our personalities that i think everybody has grown to really enjoy hearing from uh you know I put you guys right there on the level with like Oliver. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. you have these people that have this passion for the sport. They communicate well also. And it just, it, it, it comes out of you and you're our favorite people to talk to, you know? (laughs) And that's what we want to hear from is, you know, people can be descriptive and and tell us what's going on. And at the same time, you know, be able to express that passion and excitement and fun that you have out there. And, and also some of your crazy antics too. So, (laughs) (laughs) which is always fun to follow a bit as well. So, 
Starting off with Monte Carlo, do you already have the other events lined up or just a number of events you're planning on doing? Or is that, after that, it's kind of playing by ear? Um, we're, we're, we're figuring out at the moment. Um, you know, WRC2, uh, you do you count your best six from seven events. Um, WRC3 is you count your best five from six events. So anyway, we have seven events. We need to do one international event. Um, so we're deciding what to do. I think, you know, we have a bit of a break after uh, Monte Carlo. And then, you know, we'll go and do Croatia, which is on tarmac. And then, um, you know, we're kind of deciding, you know, we have Portugal and Sardinia sort of back to back. So we're deciding whether or not we do um, Portugal and Sardinia or we just do one of them. Um, or we'll probably do just Sardinia, even though we've had bad luck in Sardinia, we do have a lot of experience there. <laughs> right. We have run every single piece of road every year, despite all of our rollovers. <laughs> um, at that well, and I think the likelihood of it running is higher, right? I yeah. mean, just in case we don't, you know, the, the vaccines haven't gotten out there plentiful enough or whatever in time, some yeah. delay in production or whatever. I think that makes a lot of sense that, you know, they're an island. Um, they, they, there's obviously the protocols that WRC has put in place. They've, they've allowed that to run in their kind of isolated way that they can do things. And mm-hmm. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it seems like places that have warmer weather, a bit better outcomes with regard to, to COVID cases. Um, it took a very long time for Italy to enter the second wave and things were pretty open there. Um, you know, I'd say over the, over the summer, I mean, people were careful about wearing masks and, good about you know eating outside it's very easy when it's sunny outside to, uh, but yeah you could do in italy you could do most most things my girlfriend and i went to did a holiday in como in august and uh it was it was uh almost like normal <laughs> which is uh which is yeah different and nice but yeah i think that's likely to run and then you know we have estonia and finland back to back as well so we'll probably try to do those two um we'll i think we'll see how different the itinerary is in estonia and decide whether or not, you know, we we count Estonia as a point scoring round or not. I think with Finland and you know how you have to just get your brain into this, uh, get your brain used to the speed and just turn any you know sense of self preservation off for that rally. You kind of need to do something to warm up for it. So I think we'll do Estonia either way. It's just whether or not we think, you know, we should count our points there. Um, but anyway doing that and then rally uk uh if that happens and if it doesn't happen it looks like probably turkey will slot in which we have good notes and some experience so then turkey and then uh i think spain and then maybe japan so uh Ooh, that would japan. be that, that would be, be fantastic yeah. yeah and again the tarmac ones i mean uh th- that's you know sean's specialty really i mean yeah not, not trying to call him a specialist you know he's it's not like he's slow on 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 gravel but no. uh I mean that that's just where his background's been and of course he proved it last time you guys at Monte Carlo. So yeah. uh, you know yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does well there. So wow, that's an exciting season and you know for yeah. those of you folks that uh were are listening to this and wondering, "Ah, should I renew my WRC Plus for uh 2021?" Well, <laughs> yeah, I think we've answered that question now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah, more Americans for... out there. That's awesome. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It'd be really nice to, you know, to be able, as mentioned, to bring that to, to everyone and, and hopefully this time share a bit more of the experience of doing Monte Carlo. Um, you know, last year we were doing it as kind of a test event <laughs> um, that ended up being very successful. So it was a bit of a bummer that we didn't have, you know, like our videographer Des there to 
capture a bunch of it. We've we've toyed with thoughts of doing, you know, because since Crazy Leo was there with his girlfriend doing, um, I mean, obviously Crazy was busy doing the Gravel Crew stuff, but his girlfriend was, um, you know, doing interviews and stuff for social media. Mm-hmm. We And we have some promoter footage and we have a lot of onboards. We're like, you could maybe, you know, splice this together and do do a story. Um, sure. But we, yeah, we haven't quite gone to it and we haven't, you know, we've just been on the fence as to whether or not it's it's worth doing, but um, you know, hopefully we can bring something a bit better because the, yeah, the even as someone that has known rallying for a very very long time, um, I never appreciate not just appreciate, but yeah, I never appreciate just how involved um, and just how crazy the Monte Carlo rally is, and j- just how different it is from from every other event on the calendar. It's it's truly something else. And it's not just the roads, right? It's it's the whole process. I mean, there's it, there's just so much to it. I mean, I mean, there's it's it's so crazy. You know, you're you go out of Monte Carlo the first night in into the darkness. It's like a two and a half hour road section to the wow. first stage. While we're on the road section, you know, you're using the the Bluetooth and the intercom system of the rally car to chat to you know Crazy Leo and Gilby to get all the changes for the stage. You know, when we make the pace notes, we don't, we we just mark the corners. Like the corners, we don't put like, oh, there's ice here. Oh, it's slippery here. Oh, the snow starts here. Oh, there's mud here. Nothing. We, like we rely, rely 100% on the on gravel, gravel crew, crew to put wow. all of that information in. Every single bit. It's not changes. They, they, there's, the notes are unfinished. <laughs> Wow. And, uh, I, I had no idea they weren't just adjustments. You guys just keep it blank and wait for them because, I mean, granted, it does. It changes out by the hour. So Yeah, you, yeah. It, I, and, I, and I couldn't believe it either. Like, the one the one stage that we wreckied last year, um, you know, we had to get snow tires in order to, to get up the mountain and, and go do it and wrecky it. And it just for myself, you know, I talked to my, you know, the, my co-driving coach that I was using that, that year, which was Craig Perry. You know, he said, you know, leave all those things out. And just for myself, I put, okay, like snow starts in parentheses just to see, you know, how it would change. And and literally it was like the, the snow on Recky started, you know, at one, at, you know, like 2Ks in going up the mountain. And during the rally, it warmed up and it the snow really didn't start till like 6, 7Ks in. And then it was yeah. only patchy. And then, but then there was one corner that was then polished sheet ice where, you know, Gus Greensmith tried to spin the car and, oh, yep. the ditch and everyone else went off. And that was like, you know, like the, the, the message from crazy Leo is just like, you have to crawl through there. Like it's, you know, awful. And you just go through. Do you have a note for crawl? Go... <laughs> I mean, we figured something out. <laughs> uh, but just me yelling at Sean a lot, basically. Um, <laughs> for, for that one. Cause you know, that, that stage, you, you know, even though when we did the recce, it was like, 60% snow, it was like five, five ten, there's like 10% snow during the rally, so we're on dry tarmac tires for it. So it just, it changes so much. It was nowhere, it was it was nothing like what it was like during recce, and then you're just coming flat out, you know, trusting the information from the gravel crew, um, which is, you know, I mentioned it's really a team of four, and it's nice to have them there because they can check things. You know, they don't, they're not there to fix our notes, but they'll check like double check cuts and that sort of stuff for us. So mm-hmm. we'll know, you know, how far we can cut if there's anything that we missed during a, a cut that we missed or got wrong during recce. Um, so they can, they can help us out with that. But yeah, I mean, and then 
arguing with our, you know, engineer going, you know, 10 o'clock at night in the mountains trying to figure out which tires to use and you're running out of time and then you're running a weird cross pattern on dry tarmac with snows and then and then you get to the next stage and there's like thousands of people all over the road <laughs> and, and it switches to, you know, sheet ice and dry tarmac in different places in the dark and you're sleeping three hours a night and, and then, you know, you go and do that each day and on every single road section you're changing you're trying to figure out what the weather is you're changing tires and you're on the phone the whole time to your gravel crew making changes to the pace notes while trying to direct him on the road section to the right place and keep him on time and you know of course if you like miss a motorway you know exit on the highway you're going to be either fined uh penalized or you right. might just run out of fuel because we, you know, we only leave like five liters reserved. Wow! <laughs> so it's it's, it's uh, just another level of intensity that's uh, I just never appreciated before. Well, I hope we get uh, <clears throat> some of that kind of yeah that that behind the scenes video of all that stuff because yeah that's that's a lot to keep up with. I mean, I guess yeah. the question that then comes to mind for me is. Do you then, for the second running of that stage, you have another one that's like a blank copy of that same notes because it can change between the first running and then the second loop of that same stage? Yeah, they so they go over it again and then they just they just change um, they just change the, the they just mark what's changed. So okay. um, and we just have a system of using two different you know colored pencils like you know like red for the first pass and green for gotcha. the second. And, yeah, yeah. And so then uh, he'll cross out if any other changes in grip and write in what the new ones are for the the different corners but but really there's probably a modifier on i'd say every other corner around the surface so wow there's a there's a lot more stuff going in there and a lot of stuff that you know you didn't really go through with how you're saying it on the video or anything like that you just uh got one shot <laughs> first first take one take kind of thing so see here what is it it's, uh just four weeks away to monty yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit less than that, actually. Yeah. Um, and, so and already we'll planning. Yeah, yeah. Already, already planning. Um, it's it's a bit tricky. Plan. I mean, I've already done the recce schedule and most of the other schedules. Actually, um, I had uh, had some time in isolation when I first got to the U.S. I had um, a bit of a, a COVID scare, which almost uh, ruined everything. It was just. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Basically, I um, the the moral of the story is. If you can get a proper PCR test rather than a rapid test, yes. get the proper PCR test. Hell yeah. Um, cause, yeah, because what happened was I came back from, you know, we're filming for the Rally Star program up at M Sport in uh, Dovenby Hall in the Lakes District. I didn't get back until, you know, late Wednesday night, and then I was flying Thursday afternoon to the U.S., so I thought that Thursday morning, you know, I should just get uh, a test, just a COVID test. Just, you know, I was going to get one before I visited my sister and the new baby because I'm an uncle now. Um, but, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Just, you know, just to be on the, the safe side. And when I landed in Philly, I got the result back and it said it was positive. So my whole family was there to, like, come pick me up. And uh, instead, uh, I had to go go uh, find the airport hotel and uh, <laughs> isolate myself and, and figure things out. But I didn't feel anything and no one else on the shoot, you know, was sick and everyone you know sort of like followed protocols and was tested so it didn't really make sense and found fortunately a place to get tested quite quickly and then that one came back negative so then 
once that result cleared, then I could see my family. But I was stuck in a hotel room, so I did did lots of Monty planning. <laughs> stuck in a hotel room. Yes, that's one way to force you going. to get a head start on it. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, the the day I was spending alone, Rally Guide Two was published, and the new um, route was published. There's been a lot of changes this year, so um, I was at least able to get started on that. But uh, but uh, anyway, glad it all worked out, and I got to see my family and meet my new little knee steps three weeks old as well so awesome that's so exciting yeah well um one of the one of the other more important questions is uh one thing i've noticed the same for me is you know i'm starting to get the uh covid hair um yes so (laughs) we see you with hair and uh not not something i mean really it was a competition between you and andre adamo as far as the smoothest head for a while there (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh is this something that will continue into 2021 will we see you with hair yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. I like having the hair, even though, you know, I got a lot more gray hairs than, you know, when I last had hair when I was like, you know, 19, <laughs> 19, 20. But uh, no, I like it. I, I was thinking about it for a while, but I didn't like the in-between phase. And I was like, oh, since I'm in lockdown, I might as well, you know, I'll get I'll get through it. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll get it. Should be a little bit warmer in Monte Carlo as well. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Well, I'm super excited for you and Sean, and uh, what a, what an exciting season it's going to be. You know, we're hoping all goes yeah. well. Stay safe. Um, I'm glad that you uh, tested negative. Uh, had some yeah. had some little scares in my own household. My my wife, she works in healthcare, and so doesn't have a choice but to go into work. And um, yeah. there's been some. Thankfully, she's always tested negative, but we've had two yeah. or three of those incidences now, and we're like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Thankfully, always we we come out okay because you know we're doing our part to make sure we're safe and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, those things happen though, and uh, you know can't can't get a vaccine soon enough. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and um, unfortunately for Sean, he did um, end up uh, sort of in the the second wave. Um, he 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 did end up with COVID at the beginning Oof. of November, so that's why we um, you know ended up skipping uh, Monza. So he would he had recovered, but he wasn't like a hundred percent. So it didn't yeah. didn't quite make sense to do it. But at least now he's you know his training is back to full volume and he's he's feeling feeling good again. Um, and uh, at least has some antibodies with the with the traveling and whatnot. So uh, um, you know hopefully be be all good for the for the new year. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about him now. <laughs> you know that was yeah, happened, yeah, Hopefully yeah. That, that's what we yeah, hope exactly. anyway. But. Uh... Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to say uh, say a hi from uh, Scott Alderson. Uh, we're gonna oh, okay. we actually have a little bit of him uh, just before we started this podcast. Uh, uh, gonna insert a little bit from him because uh, he's got a brand new one of his uh, little coloring books that he comes up with, where uh, folks oh, nice. can uh, do those, and uh, which is a really neat thing. I think uh, coloring books of rally cars is like the coolest new trend. <laughs> Very cool. So. Um, and uh, I ho- hopefully one of your cars is in there. I, I, I would hope so. I know he's done uh, yeah. you guys before with the uh, with the R two car. So well, it'd be good to um, immortalize the car since um, it. Uh, I don't know if you knew, but it's, it's a funny classic rally story. Um, you know, since Santaloc owns the cars, mm-hmm. you know, whoever rents from them gets the different cars. And the the cars like three two three weeks after Monte Carlo got entered into a French national event in rolled like 50 meters down a cliff oh no <laughs> so it's like gone. chassis destroying roll oh yeah like like i mean a, a long way down like well like off a mountain. like latvala-esque roll yeah yeah like it was <laughs> done so uh, uh yeah sean was thinking he's like oh uh, 
you know, a sponsor is thinking of a uh, you know, sponsor is actually thinking of maybe buying the car and you know having it. It just says like a memorabilia. So Sean was mm-hmm. like went to ask the team and they're like, yeah, the car's not around anymore. Sorry. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> we, we saw the photos and we're like, oh yeah, that's not that's not coming back. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to uh, have that successful uh, Rally Two car that ends up uh, being in their <laughs> yeah. showroom in the future. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Alex. Man, you guys are always so much fun to talk to, and uh, I, it, it's just so exciting to have a couple of Americans that are able to be out there and showing that you know there is talent out there from from stateside. They can do it. Uh, they just need to be you know out there doing it. I guess you know to to get the experience and just need um, to be supported and against the right competition and and learning all the learning all the tricks from all the all the guys that have been there before well we'll, we'll make sure that we chat with you again uh next year and hopefully you know mid-season yeah. instead of wait until a whole year until we talk to you again uh i'm <laughs> sure uh we'll, we'll hear uh, some of the cool stuff that you guys have been up to and of course as always keep track of you guys on wrc plus now with the wrc2 yeah. entry and uh, uh hopefully uh, you'll have stuff on your own uh youtube channel and or with dirtfish or whatever that we'll be able to yeah. see all you guys' antics there yeah for sure yeah thanks i always really appreciate it um, you wanting us to come on the show and talking to you. It's always, always great fun. All right. Well, take care, Alex. Fun to chat and, uh, good luck on 2021, man. Thank you. Well, as always, we'll need it. Thank you for listening to the open paddock rally cast presented by Oz rally pro. And also a shout out to our friends at melee design firm. Remember, if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and give us a good rating on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. We hope you had a fabulous Christmas full of car parts. You're all hoping for. Mm -hmm.